Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. What's the smallest slice that you can do and not have it overwhelm you? Can you find that one slice? So project-wise of whatever that thing is, what is that smallest component that you can break it down into? And see, there's the thing, is most people see the forest, they don't see the trees. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, we're talking about how to become a productivity genius. And I've got a special guest today, Eric Fisher. So how often do you procrastinate? Do you want to get things done and be more organized? Well, in this episode, you're going to learn how to level up your productivity when it comes to your content creation, your business, your life, and more. So we'll be with you just after this. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go Well, hello. Welcome to episode 134 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. In today's show, as I said, we're talking about how to become a productivity genius. I've got Eric Fisher on the show. Just to remind you, this is a podcast and a live show. So if you haven't listened to the podcast before, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash podcast. comes out every Friday. And of course, it's a live show. We go live every Tuesday and Thursday. So check out that. If you go to confident.live forward slash subscribe, you can be notified for next time. Well, this show is sponsored by Restream. Now, we're doing something very exciting today. We're using Restream Pairs. So Eric is actually broadcasting this to his channel. So Restream Pairs gives you the ability to broadcast to your guests' channels as well as your own. And Restream is an amazing tool that allows you to broadcast to a plethora of different channels, uh, bring in guests onto your show and broadcast really easily. And here is a little bit more about Restream. The Confident Live Marketing Podcast is proudly sponsored by Restream. Restream is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. It's the easiest way to broadcast live to over 30 destinations at the same time, including Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitch, and so much more. Restream Studio makes it so simple to stream directly from your browser. Bring in guests and add your branding, videos, and graphics, and view and highlight comments from your destinations, all at the click of a button. Take Restream for a test drive and get your first month completely free at iag.me forward slash restream. Awesome. Well, thank you, Restream, for that. Well, it's time to bring in my guest today, Eric Fisher, who has been working in social media for over 10 years as a community manager and a social media manager. He is also the producer and host of the long-running Beyond the To-Do List podcast for almost 
10 years. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you doing? Hey, I am great. Great to Thank have you. you here. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, we, we can't get enough of you. It's, it's awesome to have you here. And you're dialing in from Indiana. Just remind us where you are in Indiana. Yes, uh, Marion, Indiana. So it's mm. about an hour north of uh, Indianapolis. Or if you're thinking in terms of uh, the entire United States, I'm about three hours southeast of Chicago. Most people know where that is. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've kind of been to Chicago. I've been to the airport, but that doesn't really count. You've kind of been, yes. Yeah, it, 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 we don't count airports, unfortunately. But, Eric, it's great to have you here. We're going to be talking about productivity. When did you start with your podcast. I'd love to know a little bit more when you started and did you realize how big it was going to be or how how uh, big it was going to become? Uh, I definitely did not know how big it was going to become. Uh, I started it in August of 2012. So mm. you can imagine that next year hitting August is going to mean that it's 10 years old. And so, yeah, no idea that, it, that one, I'd still be doing it and two, uh, that it would grow that big over time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I look back at your first couple of episodes and you, you didn't like start subtly. You, you started off with some pretty big names. So I see a lot of people starting with podcasts and dipping the toe in, but you just went for it, didn't you? Um, so tell yeah. us, like, why did you start the podcast? And just tell us a little bit about your, your background and how you got into it. Yeah, so it, it kind of converges a couple different things. You know, I, I'm fascinated with technology as well as I was already into productivity, but didn't know it at the time. I've always been a how can I get more out of my time or get more things done or how can I how can I just get the things done that I need to get done? Like most people are thinking of, right? It's often it's just, oh, my gosh, I've got so much to do. How do I get it all done? And even in high school, I was carrying around like a little notebook in my pocket that I could flip closed and then a clicky pen so that I could, you know, wouldn't stab me and would pull that out and write notes. And that was just the early days of capturing. We didn't have digital tools, you know, in our pockets with us all day long, all the time at that point. So I was already interested in productivity at that point. Moving on through college, when I worked out systems to get over um, dealing with ADHD, uh, didn't get diagnosed with that till I was an adult and even already had kids. So, and that'll shake you having kids and ADHD. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then podcasting was something that as soon as I heard about it, as soon as iTunes added it to Apple added it to iTunes in the summer. I think it was June of 20 or sorry, June of 2005. I uh, was sitting there at my cubicle at a job and an I, iTunes update pop-up shows up and I said, Oh cool. Update. Take a quick break. Go grab a cup of coffee, come back. And I'm like, what's this thing on the side that says uh, podcast. And I click in and I, and I start playing around and I realize these are radio shows that I can pause that's amazing. Oh my gosh. So it was like TiVo. Remember TiVo? TiVo oh, for yeah. radio. We take that for, for granted now. Hmm. And I was instantly hooked, instantly kind of got into the podcast ecosphere. In fact, 2007, uh, a friend of mine and I did a comedy podcast for a while there, like all year. And we were actually like one of the top 10 new comedy podcasts in iTunes. A lot of people don't know that. I um, didn't know that. There's, yeah, there's just another yeah. side to you, Eric. Wow. Yeah. So okay. uh, that was fun. That was really kind of the 10,000 hour rule, getting a lot of podcasting hours in. Before then, I was co-hosting with uh, Cliff Ravenscraft on Social Media Serenity, a show we created 
very productivity and social media minded. It's basically how to use social media without uh, it using you was the gist of the show. And then he was going to sunset that show. And I thought, well, I need to, I still want a podcast. What am I going to do? And eventually landed on the topic of productivity and the name and kicked it off. And it's been nine great years so far. I, I love that story. So you, you realized that this was something that you were interested in, but it was also something that you were working on and something you wanted to learn along the way. I mean, it's kind of, in a sense, you were getting lots of free cons- consulting hours, weren't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and in a sense, that's really what I was like, hey, you know what? I can talk to people that are super productive and get their best, uh, you know, chunks of knowledge from them. And it won't cost me anything except some time. Uh, let's do this. <laughs> and how how much has your productivity and your organization improved in the last nine years since doing, starting the podcast? So I want to caveat something. It mm. has greatly improved. However, a productivity genius does not mean you're perfect at productivity. Yeah. So things change. Like at the time I started the show, I was not working from home. Then two, three years into it, I started working from home. And then suddenly that's a whole other ecosystem to learn to work in, much like a lot of people recently have had to adapt to. Uh, I've been doing that now since 2014. So however many years that is, seven, eight, something like that. Uh, But there's seasons to productivity and what your main obstacles are and what your workflow is. And even seasons like quarterly, where we have, you know, the four seasons of the year. And so it yeah. just kind of transforms and rotates and new things come along. You, you finally figure something out and then everything changes again. So yeah. <laughs> you've, you've got to adapt. You absolutely do. Yeah. And like, I'm using the word genius in a kind of, not a flippant way, but I, I think we're all learning. And even if like Eric, you've said, you're continuing to learn today. And I, I always say, if you feel, you know, everything about a subject, it's time to give up. Uh, having said that, I don't think we can ever uh, give up when it comes to productivity. Otherwise, we'll not get nothing done. Challenge RTV asks you a question. Eric, we have seen a podcast becoming trendy lately. Why now and not before? We've seen this with podcasts. I, I've said now, like 2015 is the year of the podcast. And we keep hearing this. But it is true. I think podcast is becoming now really, really much more popular than it used to be. Well, there's been waves of it, like just mm. like what live video. The, this is the year of live video. How many times have you heard that, Ian? I, it's every yeah. year. And so same thing with podcasting, except that's been happening now long. I mean, podcasting has been around longer than live video. So I've lived through four, five, six different kind of major shifts. I mean, Spotify didn't used to have podcasting. Now it does. Now it's really active in the space. Um, in fact, I would say they're probably one of the reasons why it has seen yet another surge uh recently i think you're right and if you do have a podcast make sure you're getting on spotify and you're optimizing it for that i love this from grant he says i think a productivity genius means you're very smart about knowing what productivity things you need to improve on as well (laughs) yes it's knowing your weaknesses (laughs) as well so okay if you are disorganized i'm gonna make this about myself you know i think i used to be very disorganized and I've learned how to be much more organized. But one thing I still struggle with is procrastination. And I know a lot of my audience struggle with this. I mean, let's face it, we all do. People with ADHD tend to procrastinate more than people who are neurotypical. But 
it doesn't matter who you are in the world, procrastination is a problem. Is there any hope for us to to stop procrastinating? I'll tell you later. <laughs> well, that's there the end of the hope. show. Thank you so much, there, everyone. <laughs> there is hope. Um, yeah. I don't think it, I mean, it never fully goes away. It's, it's a lot like, you know, if you were um, in a less healthy mode in your life and then you get your physical health in terms of activity and diet and other things in place, you then don't just say, okay, never mind. You keep in a maintenance mode where you, it, it almost becomes muscle memory. You don't have to think about it quite so much. And that I think is what we can strive towards in terms of procrastination. And one of the ways that I have found that I think this is probably true for you as well, Ian, and in our conversations, I think we've, we've mm-hmm. both kind of found common ground here that it's not that we don't know. Sometimes it's that we don't know what we should be doing. Other times we know what we should be doing. We don't feel like it. And it's, it's an emotional thing. It's a head thing. It's an energy thing. It's, I just don't feel like doing that right now, but I know I should. And that's where deadlines come in, especially external ones. Cause you know, I can make my own internal deadlines and then say, ah, well, I'll uh, do that tomorrow, move it forward. So, but there, there is hope. There is definitely a, a path forward for sure for us procrastinators. I, I think so. And I was really excited yesterday because I've, I was procrastinating like crazy over the last week in terms of my inbox and, and loads of really important emails I should get to, but I just couldn't get the energy to go through it. And then I was taking my kids to their choir rehearsal in Manchester. And while I was waiting, I was outside, outside a pub. I had a, some, a little bit of food and a half a pint of beer. And I got my laptop out. And suddenly I was like in, I know, hyper-focus mode. I was going through my emails. It was like amazing. And I realized just actually getting out of my house, going to somewhere different, having something, you know, having like a nice drink or whatever, just a treat really helped. Do you think there are those, do you think that kind of works? And do you think there are little kind of hacks or tips like that that we can use to help us? There are definitely hacks like that. I mean, you're using right there. You're going to giving you're giving an example of one that I will often use, which is get into a different space. You know, you're if you're so used to staring at the screen that's on your desk, then pull that laptop into even your kitchen table or your downstairs basement if you have one, like I do, or um, go for a walk. It's amazing how if you're on a non-crowded street like I have here in my neighborhood and I have my phone, I can walk and dictate emails fairly quickly. And and there I am doing multitasking and and we need need this. I knew I was hoping you were going to catch it. Yes, I know it's a slight, (laughs) slight delay, but yeah. (laughs) But that's one of the times where, like, because you're ambulatory, because you're moving, your brain then is getting some endorphins, and you're feeling better, and you're not lethargic and sitting all the time. And your phone is then uh, super awesome to be able to just dictate emails into, or just literally swipe, delete, swipe, delete. Nope, don't need to reply to that one. That one's, you know, that those kinds of things. Definitely breaking up the monotony of what you're doing. And and you might come to find, Ian, especially in, in your instance here, your example here, that maybe that the regular practice of breaking things up 
like the next say if you were to say to yourself you know the next time the kids need to be taken to choir practice i'm taking my laptop i'm gonna go get some food get my half a pint or whatever and maybe even some coffee and boom i'm gonna sit and see if it hits you again see Mm -hmm. if that ritualizing of entering a workflow mode works for you because that's another way to do that is to go through the motions of i wake up i take my shower i eat my co- i drink my coffee i do this and then i sit and i do an hour of of writing as as certain people would say and, you know that's somebody else's workflow you know but it's the rituals and the ri- the rhythm the routine of doing that that gets your mind into that workspace where it's like oh yeah even if i don't feel like it the, just, this is just how i do it you know mm, that's that's fascinating how, what what is it for you eric what works for you yeah so for me um the way it works best for me is i've got this pocket of time first thing in the morning where the i i, I drop the kids off at school um one of them not so far the other one i drive and then i get back and then i immediately come in the house and check on the dog and then go sit right at my desk and I will I will always have a predetermined task that I'm going to do for the next hour and then then I'm taking a break. And so if I have something on my mind, it's not about um that as a distraction, it's okay, I know I've got a break coming. I'll deal with it then. And so whatever it is that you know, that first of those small amount of of definitive tasks i'm doing for the day check one of them off in that first hour Mm, that's cool i love that so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about tips and hacks in a minute but what you were saying there about rituals and and just the environment that you're in i think environment is so important Mm -hmm. i've actually realized i need to get some greenery in my office Probably not real plants because they they would die very easily, but even like a fake plant, I think that's going to help. How important is our environment, mindset, of, you know, physical fitness and all those kind of things uh, versus tools? You know, all the, that's the kind of the, the thing that a lot of people will go to first. Like uh, there must be an app for that. Let's look at apps and, and stuff to help us. And I'm sure we're going to get onto that. But how important are the other things that we've been talking about, mindset and all that kind of stuff? I mean, you can have a a tool perfectly set up to help you get a lot of work done. But if you can't stay focused, then you're not going to get anything done. And so ideally, what you need to do is actually deal with those external distractions. Those are those that come from outside of yourself by putting up boundaries, turning off. My phone is not even, my phone is not at this desk right now and it's in do not disturb mode. Nothing's going to shake me from talking with you right now and being present with you, Ian, right now. So putting up those boundaries, but at the same time, I'm a person. I'm, I'm a human being. I have thoughts inside my head and I could be thinking right now while I'm talking to Ian, uh, in fact, now I am because I said it. So I'll just confess that. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, what do I want for lunch today? Because right when I'm done with Ian, I get to go like go eat. So what am I going to do? Well, luckily enough, though, I already predetermined that ahead of time. So I already know what it is. So again, it's it's doing some of that pre-work, that ritual work of I know what my day is going to have inside of it. And so I don't need to get shaken off. Now, again, how many plans do we make that then get changed because last minute some variable happens emergency or otherwise that's urgent. 
So yeah, it is definitely about having the time blocked out. It's about having the right, the correct amount of energy. I'm not on a sugar high right now. I've had caffeine, but I've not had too much caffeine, right? Uh, I've got a water here, which is a great way to stay hydrated and take a sip when I want to pause. Um, just like that. And think, right? And not just react to everything. So yeah, it's, it's def- now in tools, you know, I, that's the other thing is now I, I have a trusted tool and I have my stuff in there. So, but I've done the homework, I've set it up and it's, it's working well for me. Wow. I want to talk to you about all of that kind of stuff. Cause I'll be frank that I, I get excited about that kind of thing. I think all the other stuff, the mindset, the, all that stuff to me is harder work. You've, and it, it, I think it's really, really important, but it's like what you said, you can't just get the tool. You've got to set it up. You've got to get it working. Mm-hmm. You've got to be in the right mindset first. Before we get on to that, in our journey, do you think getting some help from outside is useful? So we can, we can go for tools and, and all that kind of stuff, but how about coaches uh, and I don't know counseling and all that kind of stuff? If we've got a real problem with disorganization and procrastination, do you think there is a role for, for coaching? Oh, for sure. I mean, we don't know everything. We, and we can confess and admit that right now, right? And so we need extra help. We need outside help. We need people who have expertise in certain fields to speak in to, and, and, and honestly, we need just eyes on the problem or eyes on maybe the solution we just don't see that's right in front of our face, right? So no matter what field, it's always worth getting extra or outside counsel outside of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And that could that could be a mastermind group. I know that you're a yes. big fan of masterminds and they've been really helpful to you. They have been to me. It could be paid coaching. It, it could just be just coming to the conclusion that you don't know everything and you can't do it on your own. I think that was a big thing for me. Deb Mitchell is in the house. Great to see you, Deb, saying love seeing you guys together. It, it is awesome. We So we've uh, one thing we should say is actually, Eric, that we have you know, we've known each other for quite a few years. We've known each other probably from social media management, social media marketing world. I was going to say social media management tools. I don't know why that happened in my head. Social media marketing world in San Diego. And we, was it, I want to think, I want to say it's like 2019 is when we went to uh, Nashville. Uh, yes. together at the conference and uh, that was that great was yeah the the memory of those amazing donuts that you didn't eat but jeff and i did came up in my facebook just about oh, two days ago so yeah, yeah. i i should have got the the photo of you thinking in a, of it you, right now yeah Ugh. you were just like in a in a food coma it was just hilarious but there was like these bake there were bacon donuts as well is that yes. which one was it was that the one or was something else there was one that had, yeah, it was like a bacon maple something or other. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was in Nashville, in Franklin, Tennessee, right there in Nashville. And um, yeah, it yeah. is at the, the factory, I believe is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, the factory. Yeah. So yeah, I really want to, I really want to go road trip. Let's plan that now. Yeah. <laughs> and you put it in your to-do list. So yes. um, to, to-do lists, how important are they? And I mean, your, your podcast is beyond the to-do list. So what, why is it called that? I mean, do, should we use to-do lists? Uh, I've, I've heard that some people find to-do lists overwhelming because they're just never ending. What's your view on that? You know, is there a, is there a, somewhere we can go with this? Yeah. Well, the name of the show 
came about because I was sitting there brainstorming, you know, what type of show am I wanting to create? And so what it came down to was, well, I want to talk to people about how they do like the work that they do, but I don't want to just talk about how they do the work. I want to know, like, how do they manage themselves? Like, how is, how do they do self-management? And I'm like, oh, that's productivity. Yeah, but it's not just product. It's not just to-do lists. It's about going like beyond the, and I said it in my head and I'm like beyond the to-do list, almost like Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. And <laughs> it, it clicked. I was like, that's the name of the show. Well, what it means is that it's not just about the regular trappings of productivity, but it's, it gives you time and space to go anywhere in the realm of productivity, which can go into almost anything, although not everything. So you definitely should be using a list of some sort and you definitely should not make it a long one. <laughs> um, there are people, I mean, I, I have come and gone from different philosophies on how many things should be in there versus not. And I think what it, what the struggle is for a lot of people is, is if, if they make so many things on a list, they end up getting through not even half of them and then move bumping the rest to the next day real quick. And then the next day and then the next day. And it's like, well, you're better off just having less things on there. Maybe only listing off the most important or, you know, maybe having a list for a certain time block on your calendar as to what you're going to do in that and having it be a list of 10 two minute tasks that you go and do in, in that time block, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So do you think there are other two different things going on here? So the getting things done methodology, which is, is it Dave Allen? Is he the, the creator of that? I've got that right. Yes, David yeah, Allen. David Allen. So that I, I like the idea of that because it's a way of getting all the stuff that is jumbled around in your head down somewhere. It's it, all the stuff that you've got either in your head or just everything in your office in your life is organized. I love that. I have to admit, though, that was just totally overwhelming. And I just I couldn't get started with that because I looked at how much stuff there was. But great idea and then the other the other thing is like on a today to day basis we've maybe got three things four things today that the most important things on a per day basis that we should be dealing with do you think there's a role of those two different things in our lives and how how do you make sense of all of that yes and actually so what i can tell you is is the the overwhelm that you felt had a lot to do with you captured everything that's that step that David uh, illustrates is capturing. And that's kind of what I was doing when I had my notebook and I'd pull it out and I'd pull my pen out and write notes. I was capturing, but capturing is only one part. Capturing, uh, and I wouldn't capture, here's the thing, don't capture, don't capture onto your to-do list. Capture, collect somewhere else. Then go over what's on there and parse that out into different lists, like a someday maybe list or a next summer list or a next quarter, look at this and see if it's viable then list. Or, you know, a, a to-do list for me is immediate. It's, it's, it's daily, it's weekly, it's monthly. And beyond that, it really needs to be more calendar-based versus task list-based uh, or project-based. And so for you, Ian, I imagine you got overwhelmed because you suddenly saw a list of 75 to 100 things and said, I can't do all of this. The problem with that is you in your head had almost suddenly made an agreement that 
anything you wrote down had to be done by you right now and you better figure it out and instead <laughs> and instead what needs to happen is moving into the next step that David Allen talks about which is then deciding what you're going to do with all the stuff that you captured and so what i'm saying is is be very uh curation minded when it comes to your to-do list do not put too many things on there like so for example mine today has this right here with ian that is one of i think three maybe four things and this is the uh third thing i'll be checking off and then i have like one more thing for the afternoon and that's it now am i going to work on that all afternoon actually probably because it needs to get done but that's the thing and then that's it and if it doesn't get done at least i'll have gotten a certain amount of it done a, a large percent of it i should say so that's very helpful so like don't get overwhelmed don't think you need to do everything it's it's extracting the important stuff that you're going to do on a daily basis as well now there's a there's a great tweet here from matthias from challenge itv he was asking what is a, a winning checklist and what is the best way to get out of the procrastination cycle any specific methodology he says it's not a one-day win i am sure it requires a lot of effort so any thoughts on that yeah so here's so let's let's take that product uh not productivity that procrastination mm -hmm. angle again this is one of the ways that we get out of procrastination is to say well what's the thing that i keep putting off okay well what is the small if if, you, if it was a pie let's 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 spin this positively say or a donut let's say <laughs> that that thing you keep putting off is a pie that you get to eat it's not that you have to but you get to well What's the smallest slice that you can do and not have it overwhelm you? Can you find that one slice? So project-wise of whatever that thing is, what is that smallest component that you can break it down into? And see, there's the thing is most people see the forest, they don't see the trees. If you can finite drill down into, oh, so me setting up that, that interview I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to come up with something. Ian, what, what's what's a major project that uh, you need to work on uh, if you feel free to to share? Because I can give a real life example here. It's like a, what, one thing I need to work on is a, a big blog post. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK. So and so that blog post, it's oh, my gosh, I've got to you know, how many components and different steps are there in the writing of that blog post? And so you don't you you just think big blog post must write and do all the things for it. Instead, it's like, what's your topic? Do you, do you already have that? And if so, then if you can lock in, and this is where momentum starts to get you into, oh, well, I figured out the topic. I actually think I might already have a title. And actually, in fact, I think I have, you know, three or five different like bullet points that I might want to work on for this. And you know what? I've already got those bullet points. So let me now, you know, write up, you know, draft up a paragraph under one of those bullet points. And so you start to slip into momentum without even feeling, feeling like you, you know, initially were going to do that because you, you broke the seal. You, you started in other words with the most simple starting point of, oh yeah, let me, um, what's the what's the topic let me decide on the topic it's it's not let me write the blog the whole blog post it's what's the topic that's mm. a that's one example 
that's so helpful. So breaking it down, because you're right, in my head, I've got, I need to write a blog post. And it's there's so many more bits to it. And if I just focus on the first stage, and it, and you're, I love that word you used, momentum. It is getting that momentum, because once you start with it, you think, oh, yeah, I've got all these other things that I, I've already done, and, and it's not as difficult as I thought it was. So I wonder whether that resonates uh, with you, if that's something that you struggle with. Awesome. Well, Eric, it's time to get on with talking about tools uh, and hacks and things like that. Where would you start with all of these tools? For example, with the to-do list part of things, what app are you using for that? I am, and this is purely an aesthetic reason, I am using Things 3. It is a Mac app. It is an iPad app. It's an iOS app. I just love the way that it works and looks and feels. It may not be the best one out there for anyone else but me, and that's totally okay. I would say it doesn't matter what to-do list app you're using as long as you will use it. And so maybe download some of the ones that are free or have a, a paid upgrade and try them out, see how they look, how they feel, how they capture and again, I didn't say you want to capture to your to-do list, but it's one of those ones where it's like, you you know, how easy it to, is it to move things around or group things together or check things off? And, you know, does it feel good when you check things off? Don't downplay just that small aesthetic feeling. If it will mm. get you to use it as a trusted system, then go for it. So that we're talking specifically about to-do apps here. There are other note-taking apps. There's like Evernote as an example. And correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but... Evernote to me feels like that's a great capturing app. That's where you put loads of stuff in it. And I, yes. I think in the past, I've tried to use that as my to-do list and then I've got overwhelmed. But is, so is there a, a, have I got the distinction right there? Yes, correct. Yeah. And, and so what, and, and I'm using, I use Evernote. I still use Evernote. There's a lot of people who've maybe dropped off the Evernote bandwagon. I still use it, but mainly as an archive, as a place where um, I'm not actively working in there. I'm, I, but I know that that's like my personal Google in, in a sense. I've got PDFs uploaded into there for different electronics around the house or different keywords or phrases or different things like that. That's that. I will do work. I will do the work of capturing in my life in an app called Drafts. And I love that one because it's, it syncs across my Mac, my iPhone. And, and those are the two key places I'll, I'll use it is uh, out and about all. If I, if I have suddenly have an idea for a tweet or a social post, or if I have an idea for um, some other piece of content, I'll start to just, you know, get as much of it as, as I can down into that app. And then it will sync uh, back to my desktop. And then when I'm ready to start using it, working with it, I pull it out of there into something and start using it. But that's all independent of, and, and this is what I suggest people do is, do work independently of the to-do list. The to-do list should be basically a mini calendar in, in a way. It, it's it's utilitarian. It's not mm. for work to be done in or on. I think it's really important to get the distinction between these different apps. And I love the way you're using the app Drafts as this kind of quick idea capture system. Uh, the, the I think the problem I would probably have is that I get home and then I forget about retrieving it so but i think it's again it's putting that into your your system and your workflow so one thing you talked about is 
calendarizing is that even a word i don't know the the to do to to do list so i i went through and actually my wife helen she uses google calendar as a her to do list she just puts it in there and i like i do like that but it feels a bit of a hack do the should how do the to do lists work in terms of actually planning when you're going to do it in the day well that's a great uh, and there's nothing wrong. I, I would say there's nothing wrong. There will be people, there, here's the thing. There will be people who disagree and that's totally okay. Uh, figure if you've got a system that works great, but I will say there is nothing wrong with using a calendar as a to-do list. Because like I said before, if you're not going to put that many things on your list for today, then really that's a day on your calendar. And if there's three, maybe four things, and you've also done yourself the service of assigning the when of when you're going to do them in that day, great, perfect. Especially if in the the calendar instance, that's an appointment, throw in the notes, what it is you're going to be working on. So with your to-do list, which I've already forgotten what it is, which to-do list do you use again? Software? Uh, I use, thing, it's called Things 3. I things think of it as three. Things, it's things so version 3. So how, how does that work with your calendar? So I will, so, so here's the thing. I use a calendar for appointments only. And... I will occasionally block off time there for myself. And then all of that gets transferred over to the to-do list. So I don't delete or remove things from my calendar, but I will use the to-do list app to check things off as I go. So I can feel that kind of endorphin rush of, I did a thing and it's gone and it's done and my list is smaller. So that that's kind of why I use the to-do list. It's, it's a motivational factor and an organizational uh, feature for me personally. That makes sense. And just one other quick question when it comes to these, all the different tools that are out there. There are project management tools like Asana. I know a lot of people use Asana or there's ClickUp. Uh, how do they, they fit into all of this? And are they kind of yeah. overkill or are they for, for other types of things? No, they're not. Because see, that's when, especially Asana. So I do use Asana and I use it for my podcast. And so I've got different columns across my Asana board for beyond the to-do list where it's, I'm not looking at it right now, but actually, let me open it. I'm just going to open it and tell you what what kind of the workflow looks like here real quick. Oh, it's asking me to sign in. I'm not, I, I, I must not have opened it in the past day or two, but that's okay because I'm ahead. Um, the columns are basically the different statuses that a show can be in. So the final status would be it's published. Actually, beyond that, it's it's promoted. It's not just published, it's promoted. Working backwards, it's it's edited or it's produced, it's edited, it's recorded, it's the it's scheduled, it's um, in process of scheduling. So being able to use a Kanban board, which is what that Asana is actually for, is to you imagine you're at a, you know at a big wall and you've got all these you've got these different columns, you've got these different cards, and it's like, oh, Ian, if Ian's going to be on my show. Well, let's schedule that. Oh, it's scheduled. Move it to it's, you know, it's scheduled. Uh, it's, oh, it's recorded. It's, it's recorded. I move it to recorded and so on. And so having that big macro level thinking um, visualization available to you in a different app is, is a great way to do it. Now, that said, some people could do what I'm doing with things inside of Asana as well. In fact, it's something that I could consider, but I've just been doing uh, things for so long that it doesn't make sense for me to break something that's working well. <laughs> yeah, you can spend too much time 
playing around with all these different tools and actually not end up being productive. That's really helpful. I love I love what you're saying there. Gary is saying priority matrix for maniacs like myself. That I did have a quick look at that and that looks very, very scary. Uh, and also, he also says, here's an interesting thing I learned. If you do a mix of technical and creative projects, keep them on separate lists. The average person shifts from slightly more right brain to left brain every couple of hours. Then you feel spent from technical work. You probably would get more done on the creative stuff. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Eric? So that goes back to, yeah, that goes back to what you were saying about you were avoiding doing email and then suddenly you found yourself like pumped to do email sitting there at the, the cafe or the pub or whatever. And that is one of those things where it's like, okay, find the right environment and the right task um, style or just, I mean, if it's admin or if it's creative and that's what I found like, so for example, I can go to a coffee shop in the morning and knock out either a bunch of stuff that's admin or I can go in the afternoon and I can be creative because my style of what I'm best at is different versus what time of day it is, as well as what my environment is. Interesting stuff. I, I totally agree with that. Now, we've got our to-do list software. Uh, we've got a note-taking app and all those kind of things. That's, that's great. What else should we go for? Is it all high-tech stuff? Is there a role for a notepad, pen and paper? Because I've heard totally. it's said that there's something amazing about the, the tactile feeling of, of pen to paper. Any thoughts on that? Yes. So one of the things that I'll do is uh, prior to, uh, it, it, well, this is another David Allen thing called a brain dump. And essentially it's capturing, I mean, it's already captured. You've got all the stuff already in your head. You want to get it out of your head and onto something else to then be able to decide whether it's even something you should be thinking about or doing anything about at all now or later. And by doing that brain dump, I mean, this is, again, this is one of the things I like to do is take a, a big legal pad that has then a, a fold over cover and an actual uh, pen and just go and get a cup of coffee at a coffee shop and sip the coffee leisurely and just kind of oh, right, I was going to do that. Or, oh, you know what? I really want to do this. Or, oh, you know what? I need to I need to see how they're doing. And all these different random things, it's like flushing. It's like a mental, emotional, whatever you want to call it, like detox of let's get all of this out of our system and down somewhere and then leave it alone. And then in a day or two, come back and say, oh, yeah. I do think these are good ideas or I think, yeah, that's definitely something I should do or ooh, that one right there. That's a two minute thing. Let me throw that in my hour calendared block of where I take care of all my two minute tasks this week that are admin. So analog definitely lets you more leisurely get into the mode of it. it I, what I'm getting at here is this, it's almost one part admin, one part creative but it's definitely homework that nobody really typically does on a regular enough basis. And so then it's always up here. And so then when you're sitting in front of the screen during a focus block of time, those things start popping out and it's like, Oh, I wonder how Ian's doing or, Oh, I should ask him, you know, and it's like, no, I'm, I got to do my work right now. Stop it. <laughs> so by doing those regular, like again, like detoxes or brain dumps and then 
decide having a time to decide what to do with the stuff that comes out of that you suddenly feel like you're less distracted and can focus better some that's another way that some of that procrastination goes away yes and i've found going away for like it could be a couple of hours going for half a day if i can away from the home leaving technology behind which is always scary for me and just a notepad and i just get so many ideas and i i actually found a notepad from 7 years ago and i kind of put on down there it was one of these kind of hopes and dreams type things and i was like really amazed that a lot of those things ended up happening and it was just really cool looking looking back on those uh on those notes from years ago and I, I believe you can get in fact i've got one i just haven't used it there's a notepad you can buy now with a pen that then allows you to scan it later uh, into to make it digital so there's all these cool things um that you can buy now if you want to go down that route so we've got that what is what next what other things could we do to help us to be more productive yeah i would say that Pressing pause is, is, is underrated. I, I think we've got to start doing that more. Um, we're constantly, I mean, again, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of social media is ruining our brains and all that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily that it's social media so much as it is we feel like we've got to fill every single second and minute of the day instead of letting our brains breathe and having thoughts that bubble up to the, to the surface from the lower regions of our of our brain some of your best ideas may be waiting to come out but you're so busy picking up your phone in between meetings or calls or whatever i did give the example of going out and doing like email while you're walking that's if that's going to work for you but if you need to go do a walk without any technology and just letting your you know no, and no podcasts you know that's that's what you need to do to let your brain have rest and downtime. So doing less decidedly, intentionally, um, intentionally resting and intentionally having margin in between calendar appointments, calls, meetings, even in between the time you stop work for the day and the time you're then going to be present with your family, friends, relationships, et cetera, in the evening or whatever your work schedule happens to be. It's about having margin. It's about having not an overwhelming pace. Yes. And I think there's an element that guilt can come into this, that mm. if we stop and do something like the other day, I mean, I feel like this is my dirty little secret. I, I watched, I watched some Netflix in the middle of the day. It wasn't that long, but I just, I needed some downtime. So I went downstairs and I watched a bit of Netflix and uh, nobody else knew about it until now. I just admitted it. But that's okay. Like sometimes doing that or like having a micro nap. I'm a massive believer in, in micro naps. Uh, Gary says, when you can't produce at your desk, it is time to go stretch, tidy up your office, wash the car uh, and go get some groceries or watch Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Martin Buckland says, great words of wisdom. Totally agree. Uh, so yeah, tech puts, uh, puts some space into your lives. Uh, massive believer of that. How about things like um, other technology like Apple Watches? I, I was always kind of like, thought, what's the point of an Apple Watch or any kind of wearable technology? Uh, and then I think we had a chat about it and uh, you were giving me all these tips. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get an Apple Watch, aren't I? Um, so can they help? They can help. Um, I will say nobody needs to get an Apple Watch. No one needs to. 
And in fact, when they came out originally, I said, eh, I'm, I'm wearing an analog watch so I can look at the time on my wrist without picking up my phone and then swiping and into it and then just losing tons of time. And I was against having the ability to have like all these notifications. But then I was like, wait a second. It's got clear benefits health wise. And I use it all the time for that. I track my workouts and all those kinds of things and see where I'm at with that. But also you can turn all the notifications off. Like I have almost nothing on. And in fact, what's great is being able to wear the watch in the evenings or in other points in time where I don't want to, I want to keep my, I'll keep my phone sitting here on the desk charging. And it's not on me all the time to then dive into and get lost in and get distracted when I can be present with whoever or where I am or wherever I am. It's taking back that control. And I love that word present, being present. I, I'm like you. I, I've switched pretty much all notifications off on my phone and on my uh, on my watch. I, I find tools like Messenger and WhatsApp, I sometimes get a little bit overwhelms not the word but it's just like i, I worry because there's so many people like, pinging me all the time so i just switch it off uh, and then of course i forget to get back to people <laughs> how do you kind of manage that because that's a big problem there's so we there's the social media overwhelm we then switch off notifications how do you manage the social media kind of onslaught of all these messages all over the place well i mean treat it like an answering machine remember those mm -hmm where you'd go and I mean, you, you could check you remember there was a point in time where you could call from being not home. You could call your answering machine and punch in like dee, 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 like your three or four digit code. And then it would play your messages back to you. Well, it's like that set a time to go check the messages and then walk away again. Don't take the whole internet with you wherever you go, or at least try to take steps to not be jumping into it every single moment that you pull out your phone. And I, I will point out one a, a great book uh, for this, actually two great books. Um, Digital Minimalism by um, Cal Newport is one. And then Indistractable by Nir Eyal are the two books that go hand in hand with putting up the right boundaries to be able to use technology for all its pros, but not be overwhelmed by its cons. Great recommendations. I will put them on my never-ending book list. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Well, we're almost out of time. And uh, just uh, before we maybe could, you can share your final tips uh, and any other things that you feel that would be really useful for us in terms of becoming product, more productive, uh, how can we find out more about you and, of course, your podcast? Yes. Well, everybody's welcome to join me over at uh, beyond the to do list.com. And, uh, in fact, right now I'm putting out, um, all this month of September, I am putting out once a week, a short cast, which is a bonus episode. You can see there's one right there with James clear on atomic habits. So if you want a quick, you know, 10 minute episode to dive into habits and James clears atomic habits book, which is a great book, you can go over there and check that out. Um, I'm doing that all this month to just kind of let people know, hey, these short tasks that I do in conjunction with Blinkist uh, are there and they're available. So beyond the to-do list, you can go check that out. And that's where you'll find the short casts and the regular episodes. That's great. So the short casts, how long are they compared to your normal episodes? Uh, 
normal episodes are near 40-ish minutes mm -hmm. on average. Um, a short cast is going to be about 10 minutes. Well, there you go. That's if you don't have enough time in the saving day. Saving you time. Yes. It's saving you time. I love that. And I'm a big fan of Blinkist as well. And of course, by the way, you are, of course, scattered yourself across all the socials as well. Where, where do you tend to hang out from a social point of view, social media? Or do uh, you, of course, you switch all the notifications off, so there's no point in talking to you, really. Sure. Well, uh, oh, come, come on. I, but again, I, check, I, I go check my I'm messages. Or, I'm joking. I'm joking. You're painting me in such a bad light here. Um, I would say Twitter is probably the main place that I spend time. I, I do Facebook here and there. Uh, it, uh, some LinkedIn and, uh, or, and some Instagram. So probably in the, probably in the tiers of things, it's, 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 it's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And I don't know what else, but anyway. Well, that, sounds, that, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. So, so uh, your final pieces of wisdom in the productivity world, what, uh, what would you like to share with us? Let's see here. I, I would say find margin. And the best way to do that is calendar, uh, put, a, put a block of time on your calendar where nobody can claim it but you. You've already claimed it. It's for you. And sit in one of those brain dumps and see what comes up. And don't feel the pressure while you're doing it to have to decide what any of what comes up is worth. That's for a, no, a whole other thing. So then make that appointment as well to decide on some other day. Do that. See how good that feels. That's good. I see. I, I knew I could count on you. Putting you on the spot, you'd be able to come up with the goods. So that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Eric. It's been great to have you on the show. I'm sure we'll have to have you back because there's so much more we could have talked about today. But I think that has been a great introduction to the world of productivity. I've definitely learned loads. I'm excited about trying some of those tips you've been sharing with us. And uh, I will follow up and let, uh, let you all know how I get on with this. And if it all goes pear-shaped, I'll blame Eric. But it won't. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting stuff. So thank you, Eric. It's been great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Well, thank you so much for watching, for listening, for plugging me and Eric into your ears. I really do uh, appreciate that. Uh, do check out the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. And of course, next episode, I'm very excited. I've got Kate Cocker on to talk about how to podcast with confidence. Kate is a uh, a performance coach she helps or presentation coach I should say so she's going to help us when it comes to presentation on podcasts but also on video as well so that will be next Friday if you're listening to the podcast or next Tuesday if you're watching live well that's it for today and I just want to encourage you to level up your impact authority and profits through the power of confident live video see you soon bye Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. toodaloo.